0: Are you that weirdo who enjoys a harrowing tale of survival? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hi, welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird. Nailed it. Thanks for joining us for Happy (laughs) Hour. Nailed it. Um. Yes, we are back and alive and better than ever, better than yesterday. The same as ever. <laughs> so today, I'm, I'm sure you remembered from our intro 10 seconds ago, we are talking survival stories. Um, But there's a couple things that I want to get to first. Firstly, firstly, is, firstly this is happy hour. So we are drinking a New York Sour, which is a whiskey sour, if you're familiar, three basic parts, simple syrup, or any kind of really sweetener, lemon and whiskey. Mm -hmm. But New York Sour has a red wine topper, which it's absolutely gorgeous in person and photos, but it gives it that little oomph that you might be looking for. So check that out per usual on our social media recipe instructions and photos of what we're drinking each episode.
1: Yes, and our Instagram is also a great way to get in touch if you have a topic you want us to cover or anything you want to share with us.
0: Yes, absolutely. So before we get into this episode a little further, we have been through the month of November, which flew by so quickly. I'm like, I'm not even ready for the holidays and it's going to be here in like two weeks. But I traveled. I went on a 16-hour road trip over the Thanksgiving holiday. Holiday? 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 Yeah, I don't know why I said holiday.
1: I liked it.
0: Um, But we had to break our trip up into two parts. So we stayed at this hotel. And this hotel was super cool. It was in Bend, Oregon called The Element. I'll give them a shout out because they were awesome. They mm-hmm. had... The coolest continental breakfast. A peanut. Why did I say peanut? (laughs) A peanut holiday? (laughs) A pancake, on-demand pancake chef. Nice. So you could go up and you could have pancakes made. So anyways, it was really cool. We were there for continental breakfast. And we're we're down there. It's it's bustling. Um, And in walks a man totally fucking barefoot um what i did i was in shock that i could not stop staring at him so this is the lobby slash kitchen of a huge hotel and this man is walking around without socks and shoes on doesn't sound too far-fetched to me what
1: we used to have a guy that came into the bar that um, didn't have sh- never wore shoes.
0: I don't remember that man. Well, you live a charmed life, I guess. Well, now I have a new shoeless man that I can't stop. It's probably thinking
1: the same about. guy, California <laughs> to Oregon.
0: I mean, he probably walked there. Those feet are probably shoes by now. It wasn't even warm outside. It was like 30 degrees and snowy. So I just don't understand. I just don't, I, I, for me personally, I just don't think it's acceptable to not wear shoes in a public space like that. There are worse things to not wear. I guess, I mean, shirtless. No. Do I want to stare in from into somebody's nipples while I'm getting, you know, banana, Nutella, hazelnut pancakes made for myself? No, I don't. If I had to pick between no shoes or no shirt, I would pick no shoes. Yes, that's true. I couldn't stop myself from staring at his feet the entire time we were eating breakfast. I was across the dining room from him, and I just couldn't take my eyes off. It was just so bizarre to me. Anyways, I guess it's not that bizarre, just it, I I don't know. It just jolted me a certain kind of way. But anyway, so I wanted to share that because I thought it was strange. It is. I mean, it is strange.
1: (laughs) It is strange. I'm not going to say it's not strange. I'm just saying we've all all been there and seen this guy. I think it's the same guy we've all seen.
0: Yeah, probably. I don't know. I just, I feel like eating breakfast with a bunch of complete strangers is intimate enough. We just didn't need to take it to barefoot place. I I get it. I won't even wear sandals to work because I just don't need people to know that much about me.
1: I'm not joking.
0: I know you're not. <laughs> All right, and before we get into the survival stories, if you have been around in the true crime space for what a decade, you probably know a person by the name of Casey Anthony. And I wanted to bring this up because it absolutely busts my buttons. Ooh. Uh, yeah. You kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> um (laughs) no because i'm not a mouth kisser but fun fact (laughs) my mother is a mouth kisser oh god i'm not either no and i'm like no i don't i'm not kissing you on the mouth (laughs) mom we're not gonna do this um but so casey anthony is a woman uh, a decade ago who was um her daughter kaylee her three-year-old daughter kaylee went missing Um, She was charged with, and then her remains, rest in peace, Kaylee, her remains were found a few miles away from Casey Anthony's residence. Um, Casey Anthony was charged, tried, and found not guilty of Kaylee's murder. However, the case, in my opinion, this you know i know people in law enforcement and and um criminal investigations behind the scenes work very hard in my opinion which really means nothing it kind of was um i don't know the state kind of dropped the ball on this case and um there were some like forensic things that were messed up that um like for example she searched some things on the internet remember We have like Firefox and Internet Explorer. Well, when the forensic team went into her computer because she had searched foolproof ways of suffocation, like hours before her daughter went missing, and they searched Internet Explorer and found none of the searches. However, Casey Anthony on the computer used Firefox search engine, so they totally missed that. Anyways, um she was found not guilty. we It's kind of the same thing with OJ. We all know, we all believe that she did it. Um, and she's been living her life for the last decade. Well, Peacock just did a documentary that I'm refusing to see. Um, and I feel I've seen bits and pieces from social media. And I just wanted to say, please don't watch it because I feel like Casey Anthony is such a pathological liar. And she's such they got the 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 outcome of the trial wrong in my opinion I believe that she's guilty um and I just think she's trying to con a new generation
1: she is she is trying to con a new generation but the new generation is smarter than people give it credit for and I don't think they're gonna fall for her bullshit I think they're gonna see right through it
0: I think anybody that would fall for it um maybe doesn't know the case or wasn't familiar or isn't familiar with the case and some of the facts of the case. So I'm just going to recommend a book if you are interested in the Kaylee Anthony case. Um read the book. It's called Imperfect Justice: Prosecuting Casey Anthony and it's written by Jeff Ashton with Lisa Pulitzer. Read that book, and it really goes over the facts of the case and how crazy it was and how kind of irrefutable the evidence was, and it just got messed up at trial.
1: It's just like anything. You should never just trust one source's version of the facts. If there is ever any topic, true crime or other ways, that you are interested in, you shouldn't just go off of one source. You should really do your own research and use multiple sources to get the whole truth behind what you're looking into. Yes. Um, So if this doc is your only source for this terrible crime that Casey Anthony definitely committed, you are going to be missing a lot of information. And I'm not watching it either. No. I didn't even want to talk about her because I hate her so much. But (laughs) Cassie is a beacon of light and wanted our truth to be known.
0: I just, I think what's, I think the most evil thing that this, this case coming back around, um, is I feel like in my opinion, Casey Anthony is trying to target a vulnerable portion of the population, um, abuse survivors and, trauma survivors and people who have experienced traumatic events and that affects you in certain ways that you deal with the rest of your life and I feel like she is trying to target that audience specifically and take advantage of them um, in a way that is just so gross and so low and it's just bullshit so don't watch it don't believe her read the read the book um, that we it. I'll post a link to it in our episode description and that really has the facts of the case at the time this case was happening good resource thank you so all right I will get off my tiny little soapbox why is it tiny um, get a bigger soapbox <laughs> <laughs> and um we'll get right into these survival stories so do you want to go first always okay let me
1: just drink this water that I just found. I, oh, nice. I, I hope it's mine, but well, could be know.
0: anybody off the
1: street's water.
0: If, if you're not taking risks like that, how do you feel alive? I don't mm. feel alive. I know that we just talked about this the other day. That's why I ate that day-old clam chowder to feel something. Oh, day-old clam chowder. Even if it is food poisoning. I think uh,
1: that's what Aerosmith was singing about in Living on the Edge. <laughs>
0: And just so everybody knows, I nothing happened to me. I had a delicious bowl of leftover clam chowder and I didn't even have to like put it in the fridge.
1: It was sitting she ate fish soup that was sitting out overnight on her counter and then ate it the next day. Yep. America. We need an intervention. <laughs> this is traumatizing for me. <laughs> I'm so scared. That's the scariest thing. Like I think that is the scariest food to eat after leaving it out.
0: Yeah, probably. Cream and fish. Not good. Oh, God. I just got the chills. Okay.
1: Let's... uh, Wait. Without further ado...
0: Oh. Oh, I stole your line.
1: You did. I think... Did you do it better? Maybe. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) Today I am telling the shocking survivor story of Roy Sullivan. Oh, I love the name Roy. I do, too. I actually know somebody whose nickname is Roy... And so it kind of endears the name to me, for me, okay, ab- to me, about me. I don't know. I don't know how to use the term endears. <laughs> Roy was an American park ranger in Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. Every time I say Virginia, will you start singing in the song?
0: Take me home. Sweet Virginia. Mountain air. Is yeah, that how it goes? I think so. I don't think it. Oh, gosh. Take I- me home. Oh, I know. I can't. I don't know
1: how it goes. And during Roy's time as a park ranger, he was struck by lightning (gasps) seven
0: times. Seven times? (laughs) Oh, my God. That, I think being struck by lightning seven times, it's like an Uno Reverse, and it actually makes you. Like, going from unlucky to lucky. And then back and forth seven times? Yes. Back and, forth, back and forth, Yes. Earn a reverse. Earn a reverse. Earn a reverse.
1: I, I meant to look it up. I think X-Files did a story about a guy who kept getting struck by lightning, and I wanted to search it to see if it was, like, very obviously based off this, but I forgot to search it. I'm so sorry that I let America down, because I know they always want to know the X-Files stats. <laughs> okay. Some real stats that are actually important to this story for reference about 10 to 30% of people struck by lightning die from it. And according to National Geographic, the odds of an American citizen being struck by lightning during their lifetime is 1 in 3000. Although because Roy was a park ranger in Virginia, his odds were higher mm-hmm. because of the setting. He he was outside a lot obviously and also they have a large amount of storms in that area.
0: Okay. So, the more you know. Well, and I would imagine that he's outside more than most people. Mm-hmm. More than the average bear. I, I said that. You said <laughs> the pun, more than the average bear? No. That's I the said point. he was outside more. That's why I said that pun. Oh. Because he's oh. a forest ranger, bears in the forest. Have Yogi. we gotten to the place where I'm describing What bears it? are? <laughs> <laughs> what pairs are?
1: <laughs> oh. Roy was born in 1912, Green County, in central Virginia. Sing the song.
0: Take me home, sweet mountain air, to <laughs> Virginia.
1: <laughs> he was the fourth born in a family of 11 children. They all lived in the
0: Blue Ridge Mountains. In 19. 19- oh. Did you want me to sing again? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> my, my story takes four hours because every time Cassie <laughs> sings a full song. In 1940, Roy joined the National Parks Fire Patrol. He was 28 years old at the time. So he worked this area, this 40-mile area between Waynesboro and Swift Run Gap in the southern area of the park, which was less than eight miles from where he grew up. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Roy had two years of peace working this job. And then in 1942, shit hit the fan, as scientists say. Roy was in a fire tower when a thunderstorm hit, which was a huge problem because that particular tower did not have a lightning rod. Roy watched as lightning hit the area surrounding the tower, and the valley began to burn. Roy fled the tower, but unfortunately, he didn't make it far. He was struck by lightning that day for the first time. His injuries from the first strike were not too severe. Some burns, um, the bolt created a half-inch stripe down his right leg and caused the nail on his big toe to fall off. Oh, I don't really know why I said they weren't very severe injuries because that sounds terrible. So yeah, I'm not sure that... why I minimized. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> um, like, oh, I'm always on fire with my nails falling off. Like, that sounds terrible. But, I mean, Roy could have died,
0: obviously. So thankfully, he didn't. I mean, compared to death, losing your big toe is… Just the toenail. Just the toenail. Okay. Well, I, th- I don't think you did anything wrong here.
1: And he got a a racing stripe down his leg, which is kind of cool. I mean, a lot of people add those to their cars, so. I think you'd get a free drink at every bar for life if you showed him where you got struck by lightning. A hundred percent. What a story. Luckily, Roy had a long stretch before his next lightning strike. 26 years, in fact. Roy was struck again, this time in July of 1969. A summer storm hit while he was driving his truck. First, lightning bolt struck all around his truck. Then a flash came through his open window, and the bolt <gasps> hit Roy. charring It charred his wristwatch and eyebrows. But since Roy was driving this time, of course it doesn't end there. Roy lost consciousness and rolled his truck into a ditch. But again, he survived. Which, just like the first time, I'm sure he was beat up, but he just survived a lightning strike and a car accident.
0: It's caused by a lightning strike.
1: Yes, it's wild. I mean, if anybody else would have been near him on the road or if he would have hit a pole or a tree, I mean, it's just, thank goodness he just rolled his truck into a ditch. It's just, this is, it's wild.
0: I mean, imagine, because you're grounded, right, with the tires. So if it were to hit the car, like, uh, but coming through an open window is Whoa, I'm freaking out here. So
1: I was reading about it, and one of the articles said that the tire grounding isn't actually as much of a help when it comes to the lightning strike as people give it credit for.
0: I'm not quite sure how to word it. Well, just say you're full of shit and you're spreading lies. You could say that. I think that it does help, but
1: it's not going to... To save you basically okay but they did say that if his window would have been up he probably wouldn't have been struck at all but because the window was open I don't know it was very confusing they were also saying that just the lightning going through the amount of like atmosphere that it goes through or air or whatever Mm -hmm. buffers it too I don't know I was trying to get into the science side but honestly I couldn't do it but basically if he would have had his window up he wouldn't have been struck Okay. So because he was riding around during a storm with his windows down. That was basically the worst thing to do.
0: Okay. Well, so they found somehow a way to blame it on a man who got struck by lightning <laughs> twice for at this point twice. Okay. Well I mean I'm not saying it. No, were, I know. I think you're that not. they were
1: just trying to give you tips about how to not
0: get Be struck Roy? by lightning.
1: <laughs> yeah. The third time, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like not even halfway through. The third time, Roy was um, doing some gardening and a lightning bolt struck through his shoulder.
0: Okay. Well, all right. So what I want to know here is why was Roy gardening during a storm? Was it like dry lightning? I think it was
1: springtime. I think the third time was springtime and it was a sudden like light storm that just kind of hit.
0: Okay. So I, I kind of now understand where these scientists are coming from. This is the third time and now I'm irritated and starting (laughs) to question Roy and his motives. (laughs) You're irritated with Roy?
1: Well, it's like, come on. Um, so um, this third time was a really compared to his other two lightning strikes. This time was kind of like nothing. No big deal to Roy. Yeah. But he did earn the nicknames the human lightning rod and the spark ranger. Okay. Spark ranger <laughs> genius. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so I'm like just now pretty much at halfway guys. Uh, the fourth time Roy was struck. He was manning a station at the Loft Mountain Camping Area in 1972. It was drizzling, but not storming. Mm -hmm. But very suddenly, deafening thunder filled the sky. Roy said fire was bouncing around the inside of the station. And when his ears stopped ringing, Roy realized his hair was singed and he had been struck again.
0: Oh my goodness. So is this ball lightning then?
1: When he says fire is bouncing around the station, is that, would that be like
0: ball lightning? I mean... Did I just make that I up? Might have never heard of ball lightning before.
1: People blame UFO sightings on ball lightning all the time. I can't believe... Does ball lightning really exist? Scientists seem to agree ball lightning is real. And even if they don't yet fully understand what causes it.
0: Okay, so it is unexplained it's basically an unexplained phenomenon described as luminescent spherical objects that vary from pea-sized to several meters in diameter.
1: I The only reason why I wondered that was because he said the it said the fire was bouncing around the inside of the station which is a weird way of putting it so I don't know time four was really it was really weird basically.
0: Yeah I wonder I mean, could it have been, like, maybe it came through a window and it was, like, bouncing off um, metallic objects? <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, not, I'm,
1: I'm not sure, but I will say that after this time, Roy was
0: basically hot shit.
1: I mean. In more ways than one.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't even have, We don't have to explain that good pun. Roy was in the Guinness Book of
1: World Records. <gasps> He was interviewed. He was on game shows. Everyone wanted a piece of Roy at this time. It was pretty pretty awesome, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say worth it, but at least he got some, you know, a little taste of fame, a little attention, because it is a lot to go through. Right. So the last three strikes are less documented. Um, I mean, the shine had probably worn off at this point, right? He's like, okay, I'm not going to... I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. He didn't even, I don't think he even actually let Guinness world records like know about them. Like he didn't try to add them to his record basically. Right. So the fifth time Roy was exiting his truck and was struck so hard it knocked him to the ground. He had waited in his truck during a storm. He thought the storm was over. He got out to go inside and it wasn't. It's like the storm's waiting for him.
0: I mean I just I wonder if getting struck by lightning makes you more susceptible to getting struck by lightning. We we need to watch that
1: X-Files episode. It's the <laughs> only way to know. <laughs> the sixth time Roy claimed he was convinced the storm was following him and out to get him. He was hit resulting in serious burns on his chest and stomach. And I know it sounds crazy but like I just said I would feel like The storm was out to get me, too, at this point. This is a lot.
0: I mean, how could you not? Like, you're, this is wild. Yeah.
1: In 1976, Roy retired from the Park Service,
0: and he and his wife moved to a town called Dooms. Okay, I'm sorry. At this point, Roy, you're fucking asking for it. You've been struck by lightning six fucking times, and you moved to a town named Dooms? I wrote nice names. I don't know
1: why. Why would you name it Dooms? Anyway, uh, he retired. And you'd think, well, that's probably it for old Roy then. He should be safe. Uh, He specifically took precautions, like installing several lightning rods around his property, which is smart. Because at this point, he's like, I'm not taking any chances. I also don't really understand lightning rods. Seems like they draw lightning to them, but I um, guess they don't.
0: Okay, so here like I I I don't know how I feel about this because I feel like you're living say you're living on ten acres or whatever and there's ten acres worth of things and land to get struck by lightning and you put six lightning rods around your house I feel like because those would attract the lightning instead of instead of Roy attracting the lightning I would have put the lightning rods on the
1: other side of town (laughs) (laughs) at his ex at his ex's house (laughs) he put all the lightning rods (laughs) so despite installing these lightning rods Thor or Zeus or somebody had other plans because Roy was struck one more time. Lucky number seven caught Roy while he was not at home, though. So it doesn't even matter about the lightning rods. He was out fishing.
0: Well, he did have a fishing rod in a fucking storm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like it goes from sunny to stormy fast. And this is what, 76? It's not like he can go on his weather app and check the weather
0: yeah i guess he lives in virginia it's a super stormy place like what is he gonna never go outside i guess i mean i wouldn't touch anything i wouldn't have anything to do with rods though period like fishing i'm do that noodling thing where you stick your arm in a a stump or something like you're in the middle of a lake you're on a boat you're on the shore whatever what i've been struck by lightning six times uh what's the first thing that i'm gonna put in my hand a fucking metal rod (laughs) <laughs> i'm just like come on he still has to live his life i mean pick up a take up another hobby for pete's sake <laughs> like pole
1: vaulting
0: no <laughs>
1: i don't i can't think of another one
0: pole vaulting are you kidding you no, run did. with a pole in your hand that's why i said it oh okay it really funny i was gonna say knitting but you need fucking metal needles to knit so maybe he was you can use wooden ones Okay,
1: okay they're actually easier because the metal ones are more slippery so the yarn okay. falls off I, easier i don't what are they flying out of your hands what's going on here no the s- metal knitting needles because it's metal are slipperier so the yarn falls off easier for so beginners should use wood because oh they're not as slippery the yarn won't slide off the tip
0: okay i was thinking slippery in your hands not slippery with the yarn i was like thinking wet slip sweaty hands okay no no because it's on the tip of the knitting needles dangerous to me that just shoot out of your hands and you know hit somebody in the face with that but anyways okay that's just that's just my tip for beginning knitters out there okay thank you that's if you if you came here for the survival story stay for the knitting tips
1: Obviously, because this survivor story is really off the rails per usual.
0: (laughs) So on this last
1: lightning strike, Roy once again sustained burns and nearly lost consciousness before picking himself up and heading to his truck to go seek medical treatment. Okay. Um, The local news heard about this, of course, and they interviewed Roy after this last strike where Roy said, quote, some people are allergic to flowers, but I'm allergic to lightning.
0: I would say that he's allergic to storms and like he's has a t- high tolerance for lightning, but okay. I mean, nobody's perfect. Come on.
1: I, I think you're right. I think that everybody's actually allergic to lightning mm-hmm. if they're struck by it. Yeah. I think I think lightning is out for him. I think he's like filled with something. Like his blood is like metal. Is he Wolverine? He <gasps> is.
0: Is he Wolverine? He might be. But I would think that Wolverine's metal is not magnetic. Anonymdom or something like that.
1: (laughs) Anatomdom. I think it's a made-up metal.
0: Yeah, I think it is a made-up metal. Because magnets would be like... Anyway, we don't need to get into that. If you're Wolverine
1: out there listening, let us know if you've ever been struck by lightning. So although Roy survived all of these lightning strikes most survivors will suffer from long lasting effects of being struck by lightning. Right. And some people did believe Roy suffered physically and emotionally.
0: I could I could see that, like for sure. Like that this is not an easy experience to live through one time, let alone seven. No. Sadly on the morning of
1: September twenty eighth, nineteen eighty three, Roy Sullivan died at the age of seventy one he died by suicide.
0: Oh man.
1: I know. It is super sad.
0: What a bummer.
1: I know. I really loved Roy's story though and I wanted to talk about it. I just thought it was so fascinating and I I um I think he really lived the life he wanted to live aside from the lightning obviously, but I think yeah. he had a job that he loved and I think he lived in an
0: area that he loved and mm-hmm. I think he lived
1: a life he wanted to live.
0: Okay, so if there is not a representation of taking life by the balls when roy after the sixth time being struck by lightning is like fuck it i'm still gonna go fishing then i don't know what is
1: totally totally he's like i'm not gonna let this shit take my life away my career away you know yes so I wanted to end um, with a little bit of info about surviving lightning strikes.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, I love this stuff.
1: Although the vast majority of lightning strike victims survive, the effects can be serious and long-lasting, as we said. hmm About 80% of survivors will experience debilitating injuries like burns, um, symptoms like seizures, and, par- and paralysis. Mm-hmm. Memory loss, frontal lobe damage, mm-hmm. permanent brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. personality changes, and depression are other consequences of being struck by lightning. And these obviously might not be apparent right away.
0: Well, yeah. I mean,
1: it's a it's a trauma to your body and to everything, 100%, right? A hundred
0: percent, yeah.
1: If you are with someone and they are struck by lightning, obviously call 911. Mm-hmm. People who have been struck by lightning don't carry an electrical charge. So you don't have to be afraid to touch them. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a common belief, but you're fine to touch them. Um, And you can move them indoors if possible if there's a storm. Mm -hmm. And it says that the victim's heart or breathing may have been stopped by the lightning strike. So you should probably check to see if you need to perform CPR. Okay. Which is another... Good tip to know. There are also organizations providing resources for survivors like Lightning Strike and Electric Shock Survivors International, which promotes medical research and ongoing support for survivors of lightning and electrical injury.
0: Okay. That is amazing that that uh, there is an organization like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, that's the wild story of Roy Sullivan. Um, And I... I know it was a sad ending, but I, like I said, I think that Roy lived an exciting life working on the land he loved and mm-hmm. doing a job that he loved. So we should focus on how he lived and not how he died.
0: I think that is very beautiful way to put it. And um, thank you for sharing that story. That was a really, really interesting, wild and crazy story about Spark Ranger a totally different version of like
1: survivor, I right? Yes. I mean, not like yes. a typical survivor story, but I thought that it fit. Um, and I had never heard it, which, you know, the longer we do this, the more stories we hear. But let me say my sources really quick before I forget. I okay. used todayifoundout.com and two lesser known online sources, cnn.com and Wikipedia.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I also have a nature survivor story too. So we are on the same wavelength. So I'm going to start with my sources because I will forget if I don't. Um, I read an article from globalnews.com and, um, this has a bunch of links to other news stories in this article. So you could always find all the links, um, through this story and we link our direct, sources in the episode descriptions if you ever want to go read what we read to research the podcast. All right. So this survival story is so recent, as as recent as last month in fact. Breaking news. Uh, yes. James Michael Grimes, who's 28, boarded Carnival cruise ship The Valor in anticipation for a Mexican cruise with 18 of his family members over this Thanksgiving holiday so fun yeah I know I mean so I think there's two types of people in this world there's cruise people and there's not cruise people I am cruise people I love a cruise it's a floating party everything first of all this the service on a cruise any the cruises I've taken anyways are, are fantastic and it's fun and it's just everything's right there at your fingertips I love cruises Um, Anyways, I just had to put that out there, so (laughs) now you know. (laughs) They boarded the cruise ship uh, in Louisiana, and they set sail for Cozumel, Mexico. On November 23rd, James was hanging with his sister late night, and they were having fun. They'd had a couple drinks, and James entered an air guitar competition, which he won. Amazing, Yeah, that's right. He won. And there's a video of it online of him doing the air guitar um, competition. (laughs) It was was pretty cool. So the prize to this air guitar competition, a free drink. That's right. (laughs) That was the prize. (laughs) Yes. So after his well-deserved prize, well, after he enjoyed his well-deserved prize, James told his sister he was going to the restroom. This was about 1130 at night. And he wasn't seen again that night, but it really wasn't a surprise because it's 1130. He just, you know, was living his dreams of being in an air guitar rock band. Um, He'd had a few cocktails and maybe he just gone to the restroom and realized he was tired and she didn't see him for the rest of the night. They didn't see him the next morning either, which is, I, I think, not surprising. I wouldn't be alarmed. Um, but around 2.30 p.m. the next day, they realized that he wasn't in his room at 2.30 and he hadn't, it appeared that he had never even made it back to his room the night before.
1: That is such a long time.
0: Um, Yes, but it's really not out of the norm to, you know, you have a 20- eight-year-old no
1: not on his, yeah it's not bad on his family side no no, to no, not no check on him I'm not saying that I'm just saying that I know what happened and that's a long time for it to have already been happening yes okay <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> no that's yes I meant. <laughs> so I, I thought the same thing too I was like holy shit they didn't even realize he was gone for like 14 hours okay <laughs> So his family immediately alerted authorities aboard the ship, and there was a, sh- a shipwide search took place. Um, but n- they couldn't find James anywhere oh on the ship. God, it's so scary. Um, and because he wasn't on the ship, because he had fallen overboard. Oh my God! It is so scary. It it is insane. Now this is where it gets kind of interesting and a little strange. So. From the time that he left his sister on the way to the restroom, he had fallen off between where he left his sister and wherever he was using the restroom.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But he says he didn't drink that much. However, he does not know how he fell off the ship. He doesn't remember how or why he fell off the ship. The next thing he remembers is waking up in a dark ocean and there's no ship. In sight, anywhere. It's so
1: so scary. I think it's easy to fall off a ship. I think they should give you like a a necklace you wear or a belt you wear, and it's fine. But then if you fall in the ocean, it fills with air instantly, and then you're fine.
0: Oh, that's such a good idea because he didn't have a flotation device at all. In nothing.
1: no yeah, I know. Nobody does. Nobody walks around. I feel like on a cruise, you should be wearing something that's easy to wear but then is an immediately uh, becomes a flotation device in case you fall off because I feel like I would have to have my husband with me at all times because I might fall off just because I'm clumsy and I I'm just clumsy
0: well I remember going on a cruise um one time and it was I, I think it was a shorter cruise than this but for some reason, the top deck was wet. I can't remember if there was waves or if it was raining. But it what I didn't slip or fall, but I I saw somebody fall, and they were incredibly intoxicated. So that co- probably mm-hmm. contributed. James said he wasn't that intoxicated, but he also can't tell. He he the news reporter that asked him, well, how many drinks did you add? He he couldn't <laughs> give her the number. Yeah, I mean. I don't know so and
1: sometimes things hit you different I mean I you never know you're I just, on the
0: sea maybe there was a jolt maybe there's a wave I yeah. don't know I wonder if they could give everybody kind of like a beacon and if you're like you're you have a sudden rapid descent maybe it like goes off where yeah it, like, like
1: and I've fallen but I can't get up but it's like auto yes I feel like there's something that you could wear like a tracker
0: well, I don't, then I feel like, cause I thought about that too, but then I was like, is that kind of infringing on people's like privacy? To what? They're, everybody knows you're on the
1: boat. What are they I, like going to w- watching? And they're like, oh my God, she has been in the bathroom for so long. That's what I thought. She is pooping. Like oh. it's just a tracker. Like it's yeah. not like it has to have a camera. <laughs> that would be, that would be bad. <laughs> it's a full feed of everything you're
0: doing on the cruise. <laughs> Um, Okay, so like we talked about um, just a few seconds ago, I just want to let everybody know that by the time his sister realized he wasn't in his room, James had already been treading water for 14 hours. Oh my God, how did he do it? Uh, He doesn't even know. Okay, so he lost consciousness, obviously, when he fell and he came to in the water. So he doesn't know how long he was unconscious in the water. And how did he not drown? He doesn't know because he said a couple times he had also lost consciousness and every time he woke back up in the water, he was shocked because he said, quote, he had never been able to float any other time in his life, even when he was awake.
1: Maybe because it was a very high concentration of
0: salt content in the part of the ocean he was at. It does have it makes you more um buoyant yeah the higher the salt content Mm -hmm. so that could be a possibility but i just imagine like floating in the water unconscious and you're like not sinking that is wild to me
1: i like to picture him actually
0: riding on a dolphin but he doesn't know it (laughs)
1: like there's a dolphin like
0: there's sea creatures just holding him Mm -hmm. afloat okay well it is a possibility. I think there's nothing outside of the realm of possibility with this situation and this um, survival story because if you think it's weird now, it gets, in my opinion, weirder. So while he was floating out there in the middle of the ocean, the temperatures during the day were 70 degrees, which is not freezing, but not good to be in 70-degree water for like an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And during the night, the temperatures did drop um. So that wasn't good. Um, James told multiple news outlets he, it was pretty harrowing. The survival and his survival instinct was so strong. He said that he fought through rip currents. He fought off jellyfish. And like, how do you even do that? I don't even know how you do that. Punch him in the top of the head. (laughs) I just, I don't know. Um, and then he said at one point because where he was dropped, I believe this is the Gulf of Mexico, and it is known for bull sharks, like a high population of bull sharks, mm-hmm. which are I think one of the um, sharks known to like um, uh, be aggressive towards humans because there's there's a lot of shark species and most of them like don't give a shit about humans, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so he saw this fin above the water coming at him at like a super rapid speed and he was like, what the hell? So he dove down in the water to kind of get a look at what this thing was and he said it. he could really only see the outline of its body but it looked shark-ish, but not, he didn't think it was a shark. He said it had a, wa- a broader, wider, more flat mouth. mm mm-hmm. um, And it came at him, and it bumped his leg. And then the leg that it bumped, he kicked it with his, his other leg, which I, he's already been treading water for, like, 15 fucking hours. Like, I don't even understand this man. It, he is, like, superhuman. Also, he opened his eyes in the salt
1: water. I mean, <laughs> is there anything this man can't do? I don't think so. He's fighting off jellyfish, which now that I think about it, I think he was verbal... I think that was a verbal attack on the jellyfish. He, he I don't was think roasting could, them. Yeah, because you can't touch him. He was just straight up talking shit to jellyfish. And yeah, they were and then like, they're like, fine, I'm fucking out of here, no. man. <laughs> and riding dolphins, and then he just chuck norris kicked a shark yes
0: i know all right so he it, it's it's crazy so he at this point is floating there for hours and he said at one point a stick multiple points i think um sticks and debris were floating by and he um i guess his instinct was to like not starve to death so he ate them how do you even eat a stick i <laughs> no, i And he didn't even know that was an option. I don't don't think so. I never thought it was. Now you don't know until you know, right? Um, He said all the facts today, people. He said that he believed that it was some species of bamboo. If he had to guess, okay. Um, and he said honestly, it was pleasant to have a different taste in his mouth other than salt water. I don't don't even think it would um, cross my mind to eat a stick. No, it wouldn't cross my mind. I might, if I saw a small fish, I might try to bite it. I mean, if you could fight off a jellyfish, you could probably eat a jellyfish.
1: You can, remember on Nemo, you can touch the tops of jellyfish.
0: Yes. You can't
1: touch their tentacles. I don't think you should try to eat a jellyfish, though. There's plenty of other fish in the sea literally like you could just eat another fish you don't have to eat a jellyfish
0: I don't know if I would even try to eat anything but guess what James survived and I probably wouldn't so don't take advice from me
1: take advice from James you eat that stick you kick that shark
0: you humiliate that jellyfish (laughs) verbally assault that jellyfish (laughs) you yes you humiliate them okay so During this whole ordeal, James said his will to live was so strong and he credited his faith and his determination to stay alive. He told himself no matter what, he wasn't going to give up. Hell yeah. In in fact, he said it never even crossed his mind um, to give up. He, He said as soon as he woke up the first time in the water and realized the fall hadn't killed him, He was so determined to live, uh, he knew that there was a reason that he was still alive and he had to stay alive. Incredible. I know. So as the sun set for the second night, he spotted lights from a passing tanker ship and he began to swim toward it. He took off his socks and waved them over his head in an attempt to get attention of the crew. And here's a quote from one of the news articles, quote, I'd done taken off my socks and everything and was just waving them around my head, trying to do something where they could see me. And when that light finally hit me, somehow I heard we got him. And I seen a guy coming down from a helicopter. And right then I thought, man, I see the light. He said that to a news anchor adding that the helicopter circled um, the tanker two or three times before spotting him so it didn't say whether the tanker was part of a search and rescue or if um, the helicopter just got lucky the carnival cruise ship had actually turned around uh, and started to backtrack their course in hopes of also finding him I just think it's so hard with all
1: the currents that's going on out in the middle of the ocean. It's not like you can just, it's not like in a car. You can't just turn around and, I mean, obviously, cruise, ship, cruise ships know that. I'm just saying, like, it's so hard to find somebody in the ocean. In the fucking ocean. I
0: know. He's not staying in one spot. And it's one person. I know. It's crazy. So Richard... Hopeful, the Coast Guard Aviation Survival Technician for the New Orleans Division and the swimmer who rescued James, told local news station that, quote, when he got to Grimes, that's James, James Grimes, Mm -hmm. when he got to James, he, quote, had 30 seconds to a minute left in him of life. (gasps) What? Now, I don't know if he's being dramatic because that seems... Pretty specific. <laughs> yes. I thought it was very like, I don't know why. He'd... Anyways. Uh, but he's also the search and rescue expert. And I'm sure he's done this a thousand times. And thank you so much for your service. It's amazing. Why do I picture like
1: a sh- the helicopter and then like a shark doing like a arcing dive <laughs> over James. And there's like a rainbow behind the
0: shark. And the tanker is having like flames in the background. Yeah. Up. Yeah.
1: I really, this is, I'm just picturing this very cool, like very very uh ocean metal concert situation
0: yes it is yes it is a water world but a rock opera
1: oh this should be a rock opera (gasps) oh my we're so smart yes we're just on here producing stuff left and right we're just throwing out all these ideas you make that rock <laughs> opera you we all we ask for is a simple 15
0: percent <laughs> so another quote that james gave uh, news outlets said quote the lord gave me the will to live it's a miracle i wasn't going to give up at any point in time Just say, this is it. This is the end. It never came to that. I was determined to swim until my arms and legs could not hold my body up anymore. It was like a 20-hour baptism.
1: I can't believe to have that kind of positivity in this situation and like, I'm not giving up.
0: I mean, to go so far as fighting off an unknown, and I'm just going to put this out here, cryptid.
1: Yeah. Because it, we didn't technically even know was what it was unknown.
0: Cryptid. You mm-hmm. maybe crypt, the sea cryptids were keeping James alive. Who knows? To go from waking up in a dark sea, having a, a verbal altercation with jellyfish, fighting off a cryptid, eating sticks and floating sea debris. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to this
1: story. I feel like James could tell this story. With like because he has obviously is a man of faith mm-hmm. and like you know that Jesus story where it's like when you saw one set of footprints that's when I carried you mm-hmm. but somehow like when that's when I held you for swimming like I don't know make it
0: about swimming. In 20 years we are going to see on posters mm-hmm. in your boss's office it mm-hmm. is going to be James the rock opera
1: mm-hmm.
0: with his hands waving socks in the air. And Jesus is holding him up under the water, and that's when I
1: swam for you. Yes. I don't think your boss can have that in his office though, unless you work at a church. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> um uh, and basically to so James survived. He made a full recovery. Um he was dehydrated, hypothermia was setting in. Obviously, well, he wasn't hungry. He wasn't starving. Um but They asked him, James, would you go on another cruise again? And you know what this fucking badass said? He said, hell yeah, I would.
1: He should get free princess cruises for life, baby. (laughs) Carnival. Oh, carnival. He should get free carnival cruises for life, baby. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to redeem
0: yourself, carnival cruises. I mean, I was paraphrasing. He didn't say "hell yes." I, you know, I was paraphrasing. But he quote said, yeah.
1: unquote, "hell yeah, brother." Isn't that what uh, Hulk Hogan says? Yes,
0: <laughs> he said to quote he said, my hero Hulk Hogan. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I am so glad James is alive to tell this um, amazing survival story and oddly hilarious survival story. Yeah, it's it's an amazing story. And like
1: I said, just the fact that he was so positive and just refused to give up, that to me is just incredible.
0: It is. And he was just in these interviews. I watched a few videos of his interview um, for with different news outlets. And he was just matter-of-factly telling his story and just like, well, this is what happened and I refused to give up and, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Wow. I know. What a story. What a story. I
1: know. It's like my guy went through a bunch of quick things over an extended period of time and then your guy was just really thrown in the deep end, literally. Mm-hmm.
0: 20 hours of, like, insanity. 20 hours damn i know the grit of this man the just pure survival instinct is it's freaking fun it's like fucking wild and crazy
1: i also just realized that we did opposites where my guy was
0: like basically on fire and your guy was in water yes fire and ice fire and there's ice. there's the na- there's the name of that episode of the episode fire and ice survival yeah wow well that was a great story and um there's
1: a lot of details out I mean I know that he talked to people but it just happened and it's like
0: I know I just That's also crazy. I know and um I I don't think Carnival had made a comment or has made a comment about the um railings or the the safety or the height of the railings or anything but um What are these railings for ants?
1: (laughs) The railings are like six inches off the ground.
0: (laughs) I know they showed a picture in one of the articles of him standing like the day before a couple days before at the railing. And it didn't seem any lower than the standard railing. So, I mean, that is the biggest mystery besides what kind of sea cryptid, you know, he ran into, but how the, how, like to be frank, how the fuck did he fall off the ship? I know. What if somebody pushed him or something?
1: I'm not trying I, to start rumors here, but something had to happen. Why don't they just have a giant plexiglass wall around the whole ship?
0: I know. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there has to be, because you know, cruise ships are outfitted with security systems and cameras. I mm-hmm. would assume that on the upper deck like that, or the deck or whatever, he would have, there would have been a camera. Do you think it was a drive-by fruiting? I, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been
1: <laughs> got to get our, our monthly mrs doubtfire joke in
0: yes and you know what I, i'm so glad you did that because that's a perfect perfect ending to this episode by yes yes of course <laughs> hello <laughs> um all right well thank you so much for listening we so appreciate you we hope you enjoyed this episode and um thank you for coming back If you're not new here and, and again, welcome if you are, and we hope you stay. So, um, don't forget to love yourself, lock your doors and listen to your gut. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. (laughs) Nope. (laughs)